Hi, this is Dan Mendes from NextGen Venture Partners, coming off of a great conversation with Ivan Zhu, the co-founder and CEO of Mayhem. Uh, so Mayhem is a NextGen Venture Partners portfolio company. Uh, they're in the, the gaming or the esports world. They have a platform that allows players to uh, review each other's gameplay, to collaborate around it, to share notes, uh, to improve. Uh, it's growing incredibly quickly. They've, they've just uh, uncovered a really important niche in the esports world. Uh, and Ivan and I uh, talk about the company. We also talk about esports and, and gaming generally, the international community, uh, the ways in which it's uh, similar in, uh, to traditional sports and traditional uh, sports leagues. We also talk about how his parents have reacted to his uh, his going uh, you know going all in uh, in video games and his passion for that. I think it's a, a great conversation, uh, a great introduction to esports and gaming for those who aren't familiar with it. And without further ado, here's the conversation with Ivan. Ivan, thanks so much for spending a little time with me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, give us uh, the history of Mayhem. What uh, led you to start the company? Uh, what's you know what's the goal here? Yeah, definitely. So, my co-founder and I, uh, my co-founder Anhong, he uh, he and I met back in, at Berkeley, uh, our first year there, and uh, you know, all throughout college and and you know, individually ourselves, we. Played a lot of video games. I think uh, first game for me was RuneScape, which is like a web browser-based RPG. Then it was Counter-Strike, uh, then StarCraft, um, then Dota. <laughs> so uh, a lot of a lot of history in gaming for both of us. Um, back in high school, he used to play professionally, um, and I was pretty highly ranked for this random game called Heroes of New Earth, which uh, was a Dota remake. So um, we both really love games, and really uh, the, the 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 kind of start of mayhem was when we both left our jobs uh, earlier this year um, around January. Uh, we, we both left our jobs to kind of work on something together and we ended up instead of working on something just ended up playing a lot of games <laughs> and that that kind of led us to um, back to our old habits of, of getting competitive and wanting to get better and so, we, we started thinking about how, how do we get better at these this kind of new competitive multiplayer online scene. And, uh, you know, in the, in the past, we used to go to these websites called GameFAQ.com where you had written guides or, uh, you know, even before YouTube, you kind of you kind of just uh, try to look up videos of people playing. Um, and those worked for like RPG games back in the day, but uh, aren't very good for competitive online multiplayer games. So we ended up stumbling on communities, actually, on Discord and Reddit and and uh, even YouTube, where people would review each other's gameplay. So you record yourself, you post it on this the site, and then uh, whether it's Reddit or, or Discord or YouTube, and then someone would watch you play and then and commentate on it. And that was amazing to us because we felt like that was that was like the all-star way to get better like there's no you know that's what like pro athletes do in, in the nba um, and people were doing this for fun and for free but all the all the kind of ultimate content and all, all the processes to actually do that were, were just terrible because um you were using skype or google docs or um software that that wasn't meant to solve this problem so that's that's how we that's how we really came about building this uh we wanted to get better and we realized there's a huge opportunity to build this kind of one one stop shop to help gamers get better at better at competitive online games. What was the aha moment? When did you realize uh, this wasn't just something that you guys would want for yourselves, but could actually be a huge business? Yeah, so I think the first time, or it was kind of a, a, a slew of first times, but 
Um, whenever uh, someone would use the product beyond anything that we expected, uh, so the perfect example was when we first launched publicly, um, we had, we launched asynchronously. So basically you would have to, the, the software helped you record, you know, yourself doing a review. Um, and it was all in browser. Um, and this was before we launched the live version. But when we first launched, uh, our recording feature broke for like an entire evening. And we had one guy in Germany who basically recorded himself doing, doing a, a review and then, Tried to post it, didn't work. He he messaged us on our on our uh, kind of uh, customer service chat. We talked to him um, on Discord, and and we said sorry, just it broke. He re-recorded himself again. So this is, each recording is an hour, by the way. Um, and then the second time it broke, and we were like, holy crap, this this guy's gonna leave. <laughs> like we're gonna lose one of our first users. Uh, we really got to fix this. And we realized actually that it wasn't us, it was his mic. So his mic wasn't working with his, like the, the the web browser software. And so he went out and bought a new mic same day, came back and recorded it a third time. So he spent three hours and like 10 bucks just to use our product. Um, that was like, there's so many moments like those where we just, we're like, you know, we cannot build this. <laughs> and that, where does that level of intensity come from, come from? So for people who aren't hardcore gamers, how, how do you, yeah. you know, um, talk about that kind of commitment level? Yeah, so I think one of the, the great things about games and just like creative endeavors, because I really consider gaming a creative endeavor, um, is that it, it, it hits more than just the, like, I want to do this to make money. Uh, I want to do this because, you know, I want to show off. Like, there's this, there's this psychological kind of gr gratification to playing a game and doing well, to helping other people, um, to creating good content that, you know, you know, benefits the community or benefits other gamers that, you know, that are like you. Um, and I think the intensity isn't just, you know, I love games. It's, I love to help people. I love to share my expertise or my knowledge. Um, this is something that I spent hours getting good at. And, you know, other than playing the game, I want to, I want to be a part of this world and, and help other people. Um, and I, and this is actually really core to how Aha and I approach products. Um, when we thought a lot about what we wanted to build, this was this philosophy of like enabling creators, enabling people um, was really a big part of it. So I think it's just finding people that have that intensity, whether it's gaming or whether it's um, really like giving back, uh, that that's a huge part of it. And uh, it's, it's intriguing that one of your first users was in Germany. It's a it's a global phenomenon. <laughs> and yeah, um, and I guess first, you know, give us a sense of how big it is. I mean, uh, do you, you know, what, what are some, yeah. some kind of basic numbers? Yeah, so Mayhem, we're actually in 36 countries. Um, we launched, you know, less than four months ago. Um, really, I, I think it's just the power of, of gaming itself being so distributed. Um, it's, it's, it's a common language. I think that's one of the, uh, another really cool thing of, of how we distribute is um, you don't, we don't need to translate anything on our website, <laughs> even if it's in English. We have people in Korea using it. We have people in Brazil using it. Brazil is actually like our second most popular country, uh, Europe, all over Europe. Um, the, the, the idea is that the, because we're based on the gaming content itself, you know, the content is, is inherently uh, universal. So when you play a game, it, it doesn't change. So um, uh, at least uh, specifically like the, these competitive types of games. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, you know, in, in the tens of thousands of users now, um, you know, and kind of for the last 
four months straight, we've been growing 20% plus week over week. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a pretty big thing. And I, th I think gaming in general, I think as a market, has been growing 30% year over year. G gaming's a market. It's also a community of sorts. Uh, so, um, yeah. you know, how, 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 does it, how does it manifest as a community? Yeah. So I, I think a really good example, actually, a, a company that's done a pretty good job of, of showing the physical version of what gaming looks like is, or there's two actually, Twitch and Discord um, so far. So, you know, Discord is this, this kind of slack for gamers where you can create a channel and you can chat with your friends and you can, you can use uh, voice comms. And um, people have basically taken this, this type of communication and um, created uh, th their own communities on here. And, and, you know, they form around different games. They form around helping each other get better. And this is actually a, a great place for mayhem and how we've started to, to find our user base really, really quickly. Um, they formed around their interests. So maybe they like a specific hero or a character in a game. Um, and and on, on the Twitch side, uh, able to kind of find other people who are like you. I think that's a really big thing uh, that, that these, that draws the community out of just, you know, a game itself is you play a game and you have this challenge and then you go online and you look up this challenge and you find hundreds of other people that have this same challenge. And then you all of a sudden realize, hey, we can, you know, we can play together and we can get to know each other and help each other get better. And when that happens cross borders, you mentioned Brazil, you mentioned Germany, yeah. uh, you mentioned Korea. Is English the, the lingua franca or uh, how do people communicate? Yeah, so that's it's so English is definitely kind of the majority of what we see, but uh, when it's you know when we're in Brazil, when we're in these other countries, uh, we actually drop into these these kind of collaborative environments and we we watch what's happening, and they totally use other languages. They use Spanish, they use Korean, um, and we don't, and even you know German. So like they 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 speak in languages that we totally don't understand, and it's it's hilarious when actually sometimes there's like they encounter a bug and. You know, we have to drop into the session to see if we can figure it out. And like, they don't speak English, and I, we don't speak, you know, their language. And we're we're using Google Translate to try to figure out what the bug is, and we end up fixing it. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty cool. <laughs> tell us how uh, in, in kind of your your account, how did kind of gaming become esports? Right, that that's yeah. um, you know sort of gone from something that people do compete with their friends with you know mm -hmm. a, a small community to now you know something that's looking increasingly like you know uh, you know other, more traditional professional you know leagues. Yeah, um, so I think it, it was it really started with uh, the specific type of game which I mentioned before, which is the competitive online multiplayer game. Um, so, you know, before that, there was, you know, you kind of go back all the way to the past. I mean, you have Pong, you have Pac-Man. There are, you know, most of these games are single player. Uh, it's about it's about completing the objective. There's a single objective, and that's it. Um, so the way you get better is you just get better at completing the objective, and it's very linear. Uh, once the, the, the first real eSport, I think, was probably Counter-Strike, um, and... and Oh man, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But I, I think I think it, pro it probably was, uh, or at least one of the early ones. And so the 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 kind of evolution to a competitive multiplayer online game is what enabled the first kind of glimpse into what an esport could be, because there were infinite permutations to a game. So even though you had a single objective, uh, the the idea of having ten people in a game and all competing against each other for an objective. Um, 
began to resemble sports. And uh, because, you know, NBA, NFL, there, there, were, there was this structure already in place. Um, once you saw that, that possibility in a, in a designed game, it, I feel like it's almost inevitable <laughs> that you would start moving towards more and more official versions of competitive multiplayer online games. And then you would start seeing infrastructure come up, come, you know, come out of these publishers and come out of the, the ecosystem to enable um, more uh, serious versions of these competitive games. So I think it's really that the game design that first um, started this, and then you started getting people realizing that, it, it, the, the interactions are very similar to real sports and, and people get very serious about it. Um, so, yeah. For the typical player who, who plays, you know, uh, the online games with others, how important is that phenomenon, the, the sort of professionalization of the competition? Yeah, I think it's super, super important. Um, I think uh, when I played Counter-Strike and, and, and Dota back in the day, uh, even though there were prize pools, even though there were already tournaments starting to form, um, I think it's it's really in the last year or so that uh, it started getting really serious, or maybe three years or so with League of Legends coming out. Um, but uh, the it, it basically legitimizes uh, the amount of effort and skill that goes into being good at a game. I think the problem with with esports, or not the problem, but the the difference is it's very hard to tell if someone is good at a game. And it's very hard to like when you look at a basketball player. They're you know they're six five, they're seven feet, they're you know two three hundred pounds. They're just these you know they can do physical feats. And when you see someone do a physical feat, you you can uh, instantly think, wow, I can't do that. <laughs> and because they can do that, uh, that that is amazing and that takes skill. Uh, but in StarCraft, having three hundred APM, which is actions per minute, you know, being able to micro and macro your entire economy and your army at the same time, being able to read your opponent and play mind games, like that is difficult and it is it is um, hard to tell. So I think the esports bringing legitimacy and, and actually sharing how difficult it is to become good at a sport by by tiering competitions uh, is huge because then it, it gives people motivation and it, and it tells people, look. Uh, when you get good, people will know because you know there there's this level now that you can play at. I, so I think there there are a lot of parallels between uh, esports and I call it more more traditional sports. And you've mentioned a lot of them. So we've talked about teamwork. We've talked about determination. We've talked about a sense of accomplishment. Uh, you know, we've talked. Um, and I, I'd say I I see two differences. And I'm mm -hmm. curious, you know, how how you know you'd react to either one of these. Um, yeah. So the first is that because it's digital uh, in nature, you it can get better faster than oh, yeah. a sort of physical product, right? You can like measure it down to the microsecond, and mm -hmm. um, uh, and so the sort of the how how quickly it iterates and how how quickly information spreads and so forth, I think is is different and 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 faster and better in some sense. The other. Uh, thing is, I think more cultural is I I see a really positive development broadly in that, and I mean I'm going to say this word and mean it I mean it with with love. Sort of there's a rise of the nerds. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you kind of go from you know the back room in high school or you know not being able to sort of show your stuff to now there are more and more opportunities. You know, whether it's you know someone earning you know 120 thousand dollars out of college, you know, working for Facebook or or you know being a, a an esports champion at the age of 17, right? But there are all these yeah. opportunities now for 
for you know people who you know maybe traditionally weren't as recognized to be recognized and, yes. and i think this is an outlet for that so anyway two two um you know very different thoughts on it but curious yeah. you know how, your reactions yeah definitely so i i think the idea of iterating and improving the game that's 100 true um so the the interesting thing though is uh it's hard to say if that's a uh so it's hard to say if that's a net positive, net neutral, or net negative for esports. <laughs> and I say this cautiously because um, the 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 benefit of things not changing is uh, you know you, you can build tradition, you can build um, continuity. So you know the NBA play, you know Michael Jordan, you know uh, Larry Bird, these guys, you know twenty years later, it's the 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 Steph Curry. You can compare their stats, right? Like you you have this type of continuity. For, for games, it's a little different because, you know, 10 years ago, it was StarCraft 1. Now it's Overwatch and uh, League of Legends. In three years, it might be PUBG. So um, it, it makes games improve quicker, but it also means that, you know, gamers themselves have to be more dynamic and, and the environment has to be ready for that. So I think, um, you, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. And I think that the, the, the thing that can help make the, the, the sword kind of always good or always benefic beneficial is having a strong ecosystem. So having software and having uh, infrastructure that, that helps gamers, you know, transition helps, helps viewers understand what it means to be good in, at a first person shooter. So it doesn't matter if they play Counter-Strike or, Pub or PUBG or any other first person shooter, you know that this gamer is legendary. You know that their reaction time is within 14 milliseconds of someone appearing on their screen, right? And that ha that's regardless of what game. So I think that's actually where Mayhem fits in, is we're building infrastructure and software uh, that essentially helps gamers get better, but also uh, sets a standard for what it means to be good at a game. Um, so that's that's one thing, and uh, the, the 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 second thing, um, legitimizing and bring, bringing out the nerds uh, in, into the real world, I think, uh, or into the the view of the world, I think is is true. I think uh, Silicon Valley did that for software engineering, and I think just internet companies in general did that for software engineering, and I think gaming is doing that for you know the, the gamers, um, and I, I think it's a net positive because I think there there truly is a lot of skill and a lot of um, kind of benefit to having uh, the, 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 this all be highlighted. What do the next three to five years look like for, uh, for gaming? How's it going to differ from where we are today? Yeah, so I, I think the, the big thing to watch, uh, or one big thing to watch is uh, Overwatch League. Um, you know, them, them kind of setting, you know, pay, um, not just pay, but but also benefits. So setting pay, setting benefits for the, the team members, I think it's at least 50000 a year um, and uh, kind of standard benefits. Um, and that's a minimum. So, for example, Sinatra gets paid. I think his contract is 150000 a year um, and he plans for, plays for the San Francisco Shock. Um, so watching how Overwatch League develops will be really important. Um, and, and, I, and I also think um, watching how the viewership changes um, will be really important. So seeing how um, like in-person viewing might, might increase, like I know Overwatch is building stadiums for like in, in individual cities and, and, and kind of bringing uh, this digital game into more of a geographically tied um, uh, asset. And, and I think that's really important because then 
the casual gamer, casual viewer who hasn't ever played the game or watched still has a team to root for, right? Like a San Francisco native who's never watched Overwatch but goes with their friends can now root for the San Francisco Shock. Um, and I think that, that, so that has never been done before. And I think that's huge. Um, so I think watching kind of the digital world collide with a lot of what people are traditionally used to and then uh, watching these infrastructures form. So the, the Overwatch League and, and you know, the, the outside uh, companies. So for example, Mayhem. What do you think virtual reality is going to do over the next handful of years? What's oh man, mean for, for for your company for, <laughs> and for the community. Yeah, virtual reality. Um, so I think the cool thing about gaming is gaming is always uh, or very often at the forefront of technology. Um, so you know the software engineers that that really first started the you know built Pong like fifty plus years ago, I think, um, and and so. You know, with VR, gaming is definitely the biggest use case, and um, I, I think it's going to be a great testing ground for what we are going to see fifteen or twenty years in the future. So, I think the next kind of five, ten years uh, with VR at least is going to be experimenting, making a lot of mistakes, and, and figuring things out. It's like it's like the uh, what is it called, the Palm Pilot before the iPad. Yeah. So um, that that's how I see it. Um, I I think for Mayhem at least the opportunity just in non VR like global kind of uh, scale is is so big that um, we ha it's great because then we have the next decade to be able to capture this opportunity and then when VR is is at the iPad level we're gonna be ready. Um, but yeah, I think we're. Where we're seeing seeing what it can be in, in twenty years, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of time. How do your parents view what you're doing? Are they like get off the couch and stop playing games, or do they they see that you know you you're building a platform for a you know <laughs> you know massive global marketplace that could become a significant business? Yeah. Uh, so funny enough, when I um, when I left my job, I did not tell my parents. So they they for. For a good six months, uh, they thought I was still working at uh, my previous job, and uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because you know old habits of of uh, not wanting them to know that I'm still playing games. But um, actually, it was it was great when I told them. They were they were they were like they were not surprised. They were like, "Oh, of course you're doing this. <laughs> of course you're building something like this." Um, and and uh, I think actually. Even even they see the the uh, kind of the, the the change in in gaming uh, being a huge part of um, like like not just the 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 gaming ecosystem growing, but a, a huge part of the world. So like my mom plays mobile games and she plays Vainglory. My dad uh, he's in China and he plays oh man I don't even know the name. He plays this one Chinese mobile game that he's like addicted to as well. So uh, you know when I brought it to them, they were just like. So can this work with mobile games? And I was like, oh man, not yet. But uh, like you know, it's 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 a very obvious next step for us. And you know, the mobile gaming market's one point one point five billion players uh, globally, which is you know a significant percentage of the world population. Um, so and and competitive multiplayer online gaming is is penetrating that very heavily as well. Ivan, I really appreciate the conversation today. Awesome. Me too. It was really really fun.